Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre owned inventory. As well, and fabulous deals to be had. And when you look at the uh, deals that they have right now, oh boy, you can really save. There's no getting around it. And uh, also, when you look at Sunbury Motors, a fabulous service department. Fabulous service department. And they just do a great job. All the way through Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right, uh, Nate Bauer and Ben Jones on the show today. Uh, to talk about the Patrick Chambers situation, Jim Ferry will now be the Interim head basketball coach at Penn State after the uh, literally stunning news yesterday that Patrick Chambers will not be the head basketball coach any longer at Penn State. And it was stunning. And here's here's a couple things I want to just get into briefly here to start the show. Obviously, I've known him since the day he took the job. And... There's no getting around it. I think everyone knows. I think the world of Patrick. And I also think he did a really terrific job here at Penn State because I think it's one of the tougher jobs in the country. It's one of the tougher jobs in the country, without without question. And he took one of the tougher jobs in the country, entered, in a, by the way, in a tough situation. Let's start with that. You know, suddenly, uh, you know, the job opens up in... October, excuse me, the job opens up in uh, late May, early June. That's not a normal time to uh, start your 10 years of basketball coach. You don't get a chance to get a late signing period or anything like that. Overall, I thought he did a terrific job with it. They won the NIT in 2018. They were an NCAA you know. tournament team this past season. Uh, which uh, you know, even though you know there weren't bids handed out, we all know they were. So that you know, that was important. Players graduated. Mike Watkins, prime example. And I'm around the program not a little. I'm around the program a lot. But you can still be around the program a lot. And not be around everything. You're not in one-on-one meetings. As many practices as I go to, 
I can't be at every practice, especially as the season goes, for example. Season goes, they shorten up practices. I think you may have noticed I'm on this show until 5 o'clock. So there there'd be many times along the way. Um, there'd be times along the way where I'd get over to practice, they'd be done. So I wasn't around every second. So I have no insight, and I do not know what was found that they didn't know about with the internal investigation. That I don't know. I have no clue to that. Um, Patrick is a passionate person. Uh, the number of players that that will tell you they love the guy is obviously a long list. And I thought he did with everything in what is a tough job. I thought he did a really, really good job here and enjoyed all the time I personally spent with him. Jim Ferry steps in, and Jim Ferry is going to be the interim head basketball coach. Jim Ferry is an excellent choice because he's been a head coach at LIU, took them to the NCAA tournament a couple of times, and at Duquesne, where he made that program better, really set up personnel-wise what Keith Dambrot's been able to do there. But Jim set that up. Excellent offensive mind. Great demeanor. Keith Ergo, still there. You know the high regard I hold Keith. Ross Condon, still there. Taylor Battle, you know what I think about Taylor. But the players have to overcome what is a tremendous shock. You don't sit there, this being now October 22nd, you don't sit there on October the 21st that you're going into a team meeting after you've started your preseason practices and you're a little bit more than a month away from your opening game, the last thing you expect is that your coach is going to stand in front of you and tell you that he is going to be no longer your coach. And Patrick, by the way, is the one that delivered the news yesterday to the players. He told them himself. The leadership of a John Hera, a Jamari Wheeler, a Miles Dredd, a Myron Jones... Maybe even like an Isaiah Brockington or a Seth Lundy or a Trent Buttrick is going to be absolutely critical at this time because let's face it, you have everybody around the program that is shocked by this. You don't expect it on October 21st, yet the oddity in all of this, for me personally, is that Jim will be the sixth basketball coach I've worked with. And this is what my 39th season coming up. Dick Carter was the first head basketball coach I worked with. And Dick was released at the end of the season. You know, within a day or two at the end of the season. And they brought in Bruce Parkhill. But then Bruce left in September, which shocked everybody. And Jerry Dunn took over. Then when Jerry was gone... Then Jerry left uh, within a couple of days after the season of his final season. 
And then I met the aforementioned Ed DeCellis late May, which meant Patrick was hired in early June. It was right, right, right past Memorial Day. That doesn't normally happen. And now this happening in October. So of the uh, five previous coaches I've talked to dealt with, three left at times that were much later than a normal cycle. Unusual. The players are going to have to somehow overcome this. Now, the the positive for them is they've got a month now to adjust to this idea. UF freshmen like Dalian Johnson, DJ Gordon, uh, Caleb Dorsey, Abdu Zimbilla, and a transfer in Sam Sessoms that will never play for the head coach that brought them in. The big adjustment for them. This is where the upper-class leadership, the leadership council that Penn State has, is going to be so important. They're going to have to somehow overcome their own shock and get the younger players through it. This is what the coaching staff is going to have to do. They have to overcome the shock and get the players through it. And it's probably going to have to be an us-against-them mentality as to how they're going to do it. But whatever it was in that internal report, Sandy Barber is not one that jumps 12 steps ahead and gets rid of coaches. That has not been her M.O. or her pattern in her career ever, and especially here, and I can attest to that. So whatever it was had to be compelling enough for her to say, you know what? We don't have any choice here. We have to make this move. Now, I don't know what's in the report. I don't know. As I said before, um, I can't say enough great things personally about Patrick. Can't. As a coach, person, friend, whatever. But I also know that whatever is in there, which... We may never know. Whatever that additional piece... We know it's not an NCAA violation, but whatever that additional piece of information was, was compelling enough for Sandy Barber and Dr. Barron to be concerned enough to make make a move. And Patrick was... decided to resign. So now, the next thing you do is you push forward. Players have to push forward. Staff has to push forward. Everybody associated with the program has to push forward. And if you're a player right now, this is the situation you have. In 2020, the most unusual of unusual years. You're sitting here today with a different head coach than the one you had on Tuesday. You're sitting here today not knowing what your schedule is for the upcoming season because it hasn't been released yet. And you're sitting here today knowing that when you do play the schedule, there'll be no fans in the stands. Not easy being a student athlete. Nate Bauer on the show today. Ben Jones on the show today. Our high school roundtable today. Come back. We'll have some uh, sound bites from Sandy Barber from yesterday in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, Penn State Vice President for Intercollegiate Athletics, Sandy Barber, spoke with the media yesterday. She started out by talking about Pat's success and how the players found out. Coach Chambers has made many contributions to the program and to this university, for which we are grateful. But as difficult as this news may be, we think it's in the best interest of Penn State, our program, and our student-athletes. Our student-athletes found out about 4.30 today. Coach Chambers is the one that delivered the news to them. And as you can imagine, it was uh, difficult news for them to hear. Coach Chambers has many current and former players that uh, have been glowing in their their praise of of him. And, uh, you know, our current players have very good relationships uh, with him. And and he is the one that has given them this opportunity. Uh, And so they are... uh, uh, they're in a little bit of shock, and uh, and uh, and they're they're very disappointed. And although I am sure it will take them a little time, I am certain that they will find their footing and move confidently and successfully through the academic year, through the COVID nineteen environment, and the competitive season. Meanwhile, Ben Jones of StateCollege.com asked Sandy about the timeline. Uh, Sandy, I don't want to get into the things you don't necessarily want to talk about, but was this investigation solely a product of that story? Were there things, enough things that came out after the fact that, that led you to believe that? And is this the sort of thing that it's all in the same area, or are there other things that came up that led to this decision? Yeah, the allegation was uh, was previously unknown uh, to Penn State and, uh, and was uh, independent, unrelated uh, to the undefeated article. All right, so now the question is about the fine line in coaching today. And that obviously is uh, is something that uh, coaches in general uh, nowadays, uh, you know, really do uh, walk walk a fine line. Um, and it's obviously my job as as athletic director to evaluate that. And it's uh, you know, there's uh, behavior that um, uh, you you know represents your values, and there's behavior that that you don't. And I, I'm speaking very generally, uh, and th- that's typically uh, what what I lean on from a values perspective so they will be in search of a new head basketball coach jim ferry obviously is going to have a 27 game 28 game audition for it and then we'll see what direction they want to go in for the future of penn state basketball and there'll be a lot of names thrown out there there'll be people speculating there'll be a lot of people that have absolutely no idea what they're talking about throwing names out there I've discovered over the years that there's there's many people that are very good at that. You sit back and go, 
really? All right, okay. Yeah, but everybody's entitled their opinion about who they think the next head basketball coach should be. Um, I'm going to sit back and wait and see what they're going to do. Uh, but, yeah, that's uh, it's a shock to everybody across the board. Players, staff, sitting in my chair. Yeah, I mean, I was shocked to hear about it yesterday. But, and by the way, I've had a number of people, I get texts and or emails, you okay, you okay? I'm perfectly fine. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> Man, I've got to do shows and things like that. There's you know, things I have to take care of. I've got a coach's show tonight I have to do with James and, That'll be this evening as well, and then I got to get up tomorrow morning. I got to fly to uh, Indianapolis, so I mean, you know, I feel awful for the situation, awful. But I also have to keep pushing forward with what I'm supposed to do. So I appreciate everybody that's texted or emailed. You know, I appreciate that very much. I appreciate the fact people care uh, very, very much. Now the question will be getting back to work and seeing how the players handle it in practice. Again, the stability of having Jim already there, having Keith there, having Taylor Battle there, having Ross Conner there. The philosophy is not going to change that dramatically. And you know what? You can then go out and do this us-against-the-world thing, which is always something that uh, it's always interesting to see how young young people have the ability to bounce back in, incredibly well. And uh, I'll give you a good example. I mean, young Luke is you know he's going to have to overcome his father, um, <laughs> and I mean the, the ability of that youngster to bounce back is going to be critical. What? No, you're right. I'm telling you, that kid's ability to bounce back. (laughs) He is going to need it, man. He's ready for another Eagles game tonight. Look, if the Giants win, the Giants will be a a half game in front of them. That's correct. This could be the single worst division in the history of the NFL. Exactly right. The rules state the winner of it gets a playoff berth. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. The Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Q, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com, Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Also awesome pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. 
Com. All right, high school football. We're going to change for a moment. Nate Power next half hour. Paul Domowich will be on the show in the final half hour. So let's start with the Chief and Shikolimi. First of all, welcome back to the show. The guy we had on your place last week was still talking when the segment ended. Well, that was my fault because I completely lost track of time last week. So I have to... I have to take credit for making you go through the pain of it, so I apologize. I, mean, I felt like I was on a rotisserie. All right, uh, <laughs> so let's. <laughs> so for Shikolimi, uh Dave, obviously, offensively has been a struggle. Why? Uh, I, again, I go back to the fact that uh, they just haven't had anybody that could consistently uh, put five people together in the offensive line. Uh, the other, uh, even up at Jersey Shore, they lost another uh, starting tackle, and they put a sophomore in. And uh, he's, you know, probably last year as a ninth grader, he didn't get to play much, and all of a sudden now he's playing against one of the better teams. I think that's, I think that's the real problem. Um, I know that when we try to pass that uh, screen, he doesn't have a lot of time back there before he's uh, got to make a decision or he's got to get out of the pocket or try to avoid the rush. So. I think it's just a matter of, uh, of getting some people that uh, know their assignments and, and then have the physical ability to take care of, of uh, a lot of – well, everybody, everybody rushes, uh, run stunts, you know, three, five defenses, and you got you got to just get used to picking them up. And one of the, the main reasons – I do know that we had a couple of big plays, and uh, we can't put – we can't put – that back to back to back so we can get a consistent driver. We pick up two or three first downs and then we stall. So um, you mentioned like, again you, still with inexperience. You mentioned a ninth grader playing. How young is this team in reality? Well, they have they have some uh, a, a nice group of seniors, but there's a, there's a lot of underclassmen, tenth and ninth graders freshmen and sophomores to go along with the juniors so i i'd say right now in the line that they're very very inexperienced the the uh, quarterback's a uh a senior and one of the one of the wide outs but you know a lot of the running backs are juniors and sophomores so i'd say that uh, they're probably 60 percent uh underclassmen from all at all 22 spots of play all right so now that would bring to the next part all right. Do you see any building blocks for the future with these young players that maybe they're setting a foundation for future Shikolimi seasons? Well, I'll tell you, the defense last week held a very good team from Jersey Shore to seven points with three minutes to go in the game. And it was the outstanding play of those five kids that were playing the linebacker positions. They are basically underclassmen, and they, that's that's a good that's a good start there. I'm I'm thinking that. Uh, I think Coach Kaiser said, you know, the kids finally are getting what they need in order to play the type of defense we have. And they did it last week against a very good team. I think they shocked the world when it was on 7 nothing going into the game. We're building, uh, I, I thought we went a long way last week to, to becoming uh, uh, the football team that I think everybody is expecting or wants at Chickalimi. Just got to, that, again, that got to get some consistency in the line. And even though those kids are young, they're getting a lot of experience this year. So they know what it takes to play, and I'm sure they'll work hard uh, for next season. Plus, we've got, be- we've got three games to play yet, so there's lots of, yeah. lots of time. 
to get better as you play. Learn as you well, go. One of, one of those wins is over Milton. So what do they need to do this time around to make it two in a row over them? Um, I think they, they basically just can't, and I don't think they'll do this. I don't think they can just let it slide by and say we already beat this team. Um, Milton's got some uh, capabilities that, to go deep, and they've got some, they've got some kids that can play uh, the long ones. So I think if they if they play with the same consistency that they did at Jersey Shore and don't let down uh, this week, uh, that, that they'll really have a, a, a good a good game against the, the Black Panthers. And again, uh, I, I know that they did it offensively. They got that first touchdown before the end of the first half against Milton last time they played. And that just uh, turned the uh, turned the whole ball game around. And I think that's something they've got to do again. They've got to score first. Dave, always a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. You're welcome, Stephen. Hey, uh, have a good time in Indiana. All right, we'll be do, listening do, to you. Thanks, I appreciate that. I'll double our ratings. Thanks. All right, let's get to Zach Showers. Sealers Grove, they're winning. Zach, great to have you with us. Hey, it's good to be back, and it is nice to talk about a win for a second week in a row. Yeah. Okay, so what are the common threads between the two wins here, Zach, that's really made a difference? Um, well, they were both low-scoring games. Um, honestly, the biggest thing is defense is continuing to be dominant. Um, they're making plays. They're getting a lot of tackles for a loss, putting um, Salem's Grove in good field position, and uh, for the second week in a row, um, you might look at the score and say 9-7. There wasn't a lot of offense, but to be honest, uh, both teams kind of held onto the ball and ran the ball a lot, so it was a very quick game. And Stones Grove's uh, offensive line has played just a little bit better every week the past two weeks. Um, they had no negative rushes this past week, which was a huge improvement over the beginning of the season. So um, overall, it's just a lot of uh, just being a little bit more consistent and the line is moving the defense a little bit, and that's opening up some running lanes. The defense has been the constant all season long, so let's take it one more step. How's this defense been at takeaways? Um, they've been up and down with takeaways. Um, they've been more of a team that's getting a lot of tackles for losses and sacks, and then um, getting good field position off of that. Um, I think they have I want to say five or six interceptions um, and another about three fumble recoveries. So they've been, they've been fairly opportunistic with turnovers, um, but a lot of it's just been getting in, um, getting in the backfield. I think they had another, um, I think, 12 or 13 tackles for a loss this past week um, and five sacks. So it's been, um, it's been pretty dominant um, defensively in that uh, aspect. All right, so what are the keys and the important factors in this week's game? Try and make it three in a row. Yeah, well, this week's going to be interesting because yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's pretty it, – Salem's Grove and Shemokin are going to play next week again. Um, yeah. So you're looking at back-to-back games, and in all reality, the only thing that matters this week, the only thing that can change from this week is – home field advantage. So if Seelens Grove wins, it'll be at Seelens Grove next week. If Shemokin wins, it'll be at Shemokin next week. Um, you know, both teams, I think Seelens Grove has gotten a little bit better. The first matchup, uh, they lost 16 nothing. They only gave up one touchdown drive. 
and the other nine points came off of a blocked punt that was returned for the touchdown and another blocked punt that was a safety. Um, wow. So I think I expect Seelensburg's defense to be able to handle Shemokin again. Um, and if the offense can continue to do a little bit about of what they've done the past two weeks, um, I expect Seelens Grove to be in this game and definitely have a chance to win. Um, a few weeks ago, Central Mountain, who Seelens Grove beat last week, um, was able to put over 40 points on Shemokin's defense, and they did that um, with a ginormous running game. They uh, ended up running the ball for 410 yard, or, uh, sorry, 378 yards. Um, and their running back accounted for 246 yards of that. Um, so there are some plays to be made against Shemokin. It's a matter of if the Steelers Grove line is able to block that eight-man front, and if they're able to block that eight-man front um, and can get past that first line of defense, there's a lot of big plays for the for the running game. I think um, Brandon Hyle and T. Coover, the two running backs. Um, have been close to breaking some the past two weeks and just haven't been. And I think there's some potential there if you can just get that one extra block that some of those 10 or 12 yard runs can turn into those um, 40 or 50 yard runs that a lot of other teams have had against Shemokin. So that's the big thing. Um, Shemokin offensively comes out in their um, wing T offense. And honestly, they don't do all that much different than what we saw against them in week three. So um, Salem's Grove had a little trouble with Mr. the misdirection game the first time they played. And if they can handle that, um, I think they'll put the Salem's Grove offense in some good positions to um, come away with a victory tomorrow night. Zach, appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Have a good one. That'll be on Eagle 107 tomorrow night. I'm um, 100.9 The Valley. Lewisburg will play. Uh, all right, so Greg Wetzel, on a day like today, you had to play golf, right? You had I, to. Oh, I definitely played golf today. Yeah. <laughs> played well? Uh, my team wanted to trade me today. I'm a free agent tomorrow. Yeah, I'll take you. <laughs> I'll take you. All right. Um, when I look at Lewisburg's schedule so far this season, yeah, is the only reason they're playing these teams is because the Packers weren't available? Well, they, they called the Packers and they turned them down. They didn't know if they could compete with Lewisburg. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I, mean I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I've seen a, t- a high school team have to negotiate this kind of schedule. No, it, it is. It's, it's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, and it's hard to see growth in the team because of the way they're losing. But last week, they might have played their best game of the year against Southern Columbia, but lost 42 to 7. Um, right. The defense only gave up 28 touchdowns. Shemokin ran an interception back for a touchdown, and they recovered a Lewisburg fumble in the end zone that was over the quarterback's head, a snap. So the defense only gave up 28 points. And, Steve, if you remember, last week we talked about angles of pursuit. Yep. The Green Dragons were in excellent pursuit angles. They just couldn't make the tackles. They were, um, you know, the Garcia boy and um, Barnes, kid West Barnes. They broke all kinds of tackles in the backfield where they tried to hit them high instead of hitting them low and right. uh, turned them into big gains. Uh, otherwise, but they weren't. They were in perfect position. They just didn't make the plays. And now, how, diff- yeah, how difficult is it to convince a team that they played their best game 
and they know what the result was. How yeah, difficult that, that, is that? Boy, that's where coaches earn their money. Yeah, you know, that 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 is a tough thing. But you know, the kids. Uh, the, and Lewisburg was out without two stars on offense and two stars on defense last week, which will be back this week against Loyal Sock. But uh, the kids are in a good frame of mind. I mean, I was at practice Tuesday and a little Wednesday, and they're in a good good frame of mind. Uh, they're excited about the upcoming games. They think they have a chance to compete against Loyal Sock and, and Hughesville. So uh, they are. They're in a good frame of mind, and they're feeling good about themselves right now. All right, so so that's where they are. So now when they play this week, what opens the door for them to you know snap out of this? And there's nothing like the validation that you're getting better than in winning. So how do they validate exactly. it this week? Yeah. Well, number one, Steve, the first drive of the second half, Lewisburg has turned the ball over in every game they played this year on the first or second play. Oh. That's something they have to get over. They've been outscored 42 to nothing in the first minute of the second half of the, you know, of the game, of combined game. So that they have to change. And the other thing they have to get, you know, we're into the seventh game of the season coming up now. They've had a bad quarterback, center quarterback exchange every game. That's something that has to stop. Uh, because they get a drive going, all of a sudden it's instead of uh, second and eight or second and seven is second and 22 or 25 because the staff goes over, over the quarterback's head. And this is an offense that just can't have those setbacks. You know, they, they just can't overcome them. So those are, those are a couple things they have to cut down on those mistakes. And the other thing, the offensive line play has to become a little more consistent. Defensively, they become a little better. Offensively, they have to become more consistent and, and stay with their blocks a little longer on offense. Greg, over the years, I've always felt that teams that are in the underdog role and struggling, mm-hmm. where they, they feel like they have to play that perfect game, yeah. and they're going along and they're playing it, they're playing it, they're getting a little more confidence, a little more confidence, and then one thing goes wrong, it, it, and, yeah. all the, and, and all the confidence gets flushed. It's tough to play that me. way. It, it, it's tough to play that way. You're exactly right. And, again, when you talk a lot about getting the lead and playing with the lead, last week, first play of the game, Southern Columbia won, runs a sweep to the left. Hitting the backfield, the Southern Columbia kids hitting the backfield, fumbles the ball, Lewisburg picks it up, runs into the end zone for a touchdown, except the ref said the player was down. Right. Wasn't down. I don't think it would have made a difference in the outcome of the game. I think Southern Columbia still would have won. They're a much better team. But, boy, would have it gotten those kids excited to play with the lead against a team like Southern Columbia. Yep. And that's, that's what they need to do against Loyal Sox and Hughesville. They need to get the lead, the defense go in, get a stop, and the offense get back to the field and ready to take a two-score lead. That's what they need to do. Greg, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much. Appreciate uh, you being here and appreciate your period. No problem. Hey, have a great time on Saturday. I appreciate that. Thanks so much. I'll be I'll be tailgating in my driveway and watching the game. I love it. That's great. Enjoy <laughs> it. All right. We will. Take care. Thanks a lot. All right. We will come back with more in a moment. So, again, Shikalemi will play on News Radio 1070 WKOK, their rematch with Milton. We have Sealands Grove and Shemokin, first of two. 
Because <laughs> they'll play again next week. And that'll be on Eagle 107. And Lewisburg, of course, will be on 100.9 The Valley. Back with more in a moment. Nate Power next half hour. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Our thanks to our great reporters for joining us today, Dave Ritchie, Zach Showers, Greg Wetzel. Uh, High school football. What is this, week number? Is this seven? Yep, week seven. Wow. Uh, Week one for Penn State's this week. Pass that along. <laughs> you know, in case you live under a rock or something. Yeah. It's uh, week eight of the college football season. Week one for Penn State football. At least it's here. At least going to give it a shot here. You know, you could just hear in, in James' voice. It's just you feel like you you feel like with this whole thing you're. He talks about respecting the virus and so forth. You feel like you're walking on eggshells. You know? That's what you feel like. You feel like you're walking on eggshells with this thing all the time. But suddenly out of nowhere, you don't know. Dan Mullen comes back home. Suddenly Dan Mullen's got it. Okay. Uh, I mentioned yesterday about if a player tests positive on the daily test but negative on the uh, on the PCR test, okay, then they can play in the game because it's considered to be a false positive. But part of that also depends on what day it, it happens. What day is it? In other words, you know, suddenly you test you test positive the morning of the game. Well, you're not going to get the result back from your PCR test. But if it happens, say on like today, a Thursday, okay, yeah, all right. I mean, that's how touchy this is. And just nobody knows. Nobody knows. That's why I said to Jack the other day, we're, you know, talking. I said, well, now, I said, now it's up to, quote, go time. I said, now we got to see if they can survive to get to go to go time. And so far, they've been okay. Okay. So far, they've been okay. James will be on the show tonight beginning at 6.30. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com.